Hello, welcome to podcast four of the knowledge series on Lord of the Flies for English Literature GCSE. I'm sure you know the drill by now, this is not exhaustive knowledge, but it is a good starting point for what you need to know about the characters and themes to be able to cope with the GCSE exam. Make notes as we go and pause to add thoughts of your own. We're still focusing on characters at the moment, and today we'll be giving attention to Simon. Your knowledge about Simon should be closely connected to your knowledge about the idea of the beast in this novel. Golding uses Simon as a tool to articulate his understanding of what he calls mankind's essential illness, namely the idea that the threat on the island is not, as the other characters think, a terrifying creature, monster or beast, but actually the threat of the evil that human beings are capable of. Everything we talk about today to do with Simon will come back to this idea of the real beast. At the beginning of the novel, Simon is introduced as different from the other boys. We said that Piggy was an outsider in our first podcast, and that's true, but Simon is a different kind of outsider. Where Piggy is an object of ridicule, Simon is strange. Simon is the choir boy who faints in the first chapter. Golding presents him as vulnerable, susceptible to forces that the other boys don't seem to be affected by. But he is still accepted by the other boys, and he is one of the three on the first expedition to find out if the island is an island. He joins Jack and Ralph in rolling the boulder and the absolute triumph and joy of that exploration. Simon is also an outsider because he is kind to the little ones. None of the other big ones are. Simon picks the choicest fruit that the little ones can't reach and gives it to them before going off on his own. Simon needs time on his own and he spends it in a little natural clearing in the jungle that Golding describes as a little cabin screened off from the open space. It's covered in green candle-like buds, and here Simon can be quiet and alone. The reference to the symbol of candles, amongst other things, has led to critics connecting Simon with religious figures. Some go so far as to say that he is like Jesus because he is killed by people that he is trying to help. But I think that is a bit of a stretch. After all, Simon can't save the boys. But it does make sense to say that Simon is a kind of prophet. The prophets in the Bible are people who have knowledge from God to communicate, and they are often ignored or persecuted or even killed. Simon is like a prophet because he has access to truth that none of the other boys seem really to understand. And trying to tell the boys this truth is what eventually leads to his death. There's also something mystical about him. Think, for example, about the way that he says to Ralph, you'll get back all right, as if he's reading Ralph's mind and as if he can see into the future. So Simon is set apart as different because he is vulnerable, he is kind, he spends time alone, and he seems to be reflective and have access to mystical knowledge that others don't. The most important truth that the prophet like Simon understands is, as I've already said, his grasp of what the beast is. The problem is that Simon can't express it. When he says to the boys, maybe it's only us, he is met with confusion. He tries to help them understand by asking, what's the dirtiest thing there is? Jack answers with a rude word, completely missing the point, and that's the end of the conversation. Simon sits down, humiliated. But of course, Jack has missed the point. Simon means dirty, as in the sense of impurity. And what Simon is trying to get them to understand is that the worst, most unclean, most vile thing that they can imagine is probably inside of them. This is also something that Jesus talks about in the Bible. It's in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, if you want to look it up. And it gets to the root of what Golding thinks about human nature. 
the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart, or the evil that's inside all of us. The difference, incidentally, between Mark chapter 7 and Lord of the Flies is that although they agree on the problem, they don't agree on the solution. In the Gospels, Jesus dies and is resurrected to save people. In Lord of the Flies, Simon the messenger is murdered, and the only saving of the boys is done by naval officers in the middle of their own war, which is hardly salvation at all. Simon's esoteric experience with the pig's head, the Lord of the Flies, solidifies all this. The beast mocks him, saying, fancy thinking the beast was something you could hunt and kill, and goes on to explain what Simon already knows. I'm part of you. Close, close, close. This is a hallucination, perhaps linked to whatever made Simon faint in the first chapter. But it expresses exactly the point that Simon couldn't make in the assembly, which is that the pig's head on the stick, the offering to the beast, is a completely pointless superstition. The problem is the savagery of the boys. In fact, the pig's head, which is supposed to appease the beast, is ironically a symbol of that very savagery. All of this, his difference, kindness, isolation, reflective mysticism, understanding of the real beast and inability to articulate it, leads to the pivotal moment that you must know about if you're writing about Simon. I'm talking, of course, about Simon's death. Simon's death symbolises some of the novel's most important themes. The first one we talked about when we discussed Ralph. All characters are sanguinary and capable of the most appalling evil. The crowd unites against Simon. They surge after him, chanting, kill the beast, cut his throat, spill his blood. When he is killed, it is in the most animalistic way we could imagine. There are no words, no movements, but the tearing of teeth and claws. Simon is killed by the beast that he was trying to explain to the boys, the children themselves. They give in to savagery. It's also important that with Simon's death, the truth about the parachutist also dies. Simon has discovered the real beast from the air is the body of a parachutist, and he attempts to share this information with the boys when they are dancing. The parachutist is taken by a gust of air and the body is taken out to sea. The knowledge therefore dies with Simon. What this means for the remaining boys on the island is that they are left as prisoners to their own fear. They will never find out what Sam and Eric saw on the mountain, so they will have to continue to be afraid. Simon's death is a symbol of the boys surrendering not just to savagery, but to superstition and fear. Simon is a crucial character then, because he knows more than the others do. He knows more about human nature, but they won't listen and they kill him. He knows more about the realities of the island, but they don't hear him and they kill that knowledge too. You need to know those pivotal truths about Simon, and you need to know how the others' reactions to him and to what he says explains Golding's message about human nature.